Hi everyone, I'm Deja. I'm Liv, and you're listening to another episode of The Rebound Pod. I'm thinking like trumpets, giving them horns. No, like Nola vibes, like. You know, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm feeling. Like, I really like what's that. The, they're known for their um, is it Lent? Not Lent, um, like the the pancake day is the same day they have Mardi Gras, Mardi Gras, isn't it? Yeah, and that means yeah, Fat Tuesday. Is that the same thing? They call it Fat Tuesday, yeah. I think Mardi Gras translate in French as Fat Tuesday. I think, I think, oh, because obviously it's when you eat all of the stuff I was, before Lent. I was thinking, is that why it's fat? Like, what I was just wondering, yeah. is it like, is this you a, were like fat phobic? Is or? this a case for about the filter, or is it <laughs> all right because it's culture content yeah. for next year? Or do you know what, what I mean? We... I, I wasn't sure, but you know, if, no. if that's you know, that's fine. Uh, yeah, I think it's like, yeah, with like pancake day, it's like using all of the the naughty ingredients to make pancakes, gotcha. and then yeah, okay, so then you have Lent after. So still fueled in fat phobia, but you know. Absolutely. Okay. Well. Do you know what I loved this week yeah. when you posted that meme that was like, and it's like workplace office culture when when someone's like, well, I shouldn't be eating this cake because I'm gonna have to run five k when I get home, Bro. and then it's like that that um battle that you have with yourself as a like um fat positive body positive mm-hmm. person that wants to, everyone to be on the same wave, but you're like, I can't lecture bro, everyone at every moment of the day. Bro, listen, in my old workplace, I would literally, like, when people... <laughs> God, they must have thought, what a fat bitch. I swear to God. <laughs> they would be like... <laughs> there'd be biscuits on the table. And imagine it, like, in the morning, they'd be like, free for all, you know, God, I can't have them all free for all. And then, you know, everyone takes one. And then mm. some people take two. God, I can't have another one. No, you guys have them. But you know, really, they want, oh, I do really want another yeah. one. And I'd be like, okay, thank you. And they'd be looking at me like, bro, <laughs> she took the biscuit. I'm like, well. <laughs> you did say free for all. We're just going to sit here and look at the crumbs and, and throw guilt at each other for having another biscuit. Like, yeah. I'm going to have it, Hans. Do you know what I love when, I didn't realise that this was the ethnic thing. I feel like I might have said this on a podcast before, but I'm mm-hmm. saying this again. <laughs> um, that when, you know when you're like sharing food of like POC, people of colour, yeah? Uh-huh. And people always leave one at the end. Yeah, yeah. I didn't realise that that was like an ethnic thing until I went to my friend's house and her girlfriend was there and she was like, we're so ethnic because we've all left one spring roll. Like, what, no! why did no one take They're the spring literally roll? literally like... And I was like, I didn't realise that that was an ethnic thing. Yeah. That's so true. White people, yeah. do you do that? Please let us know. Yeah, please let us know. DM us. But thank you. Can I just say, you know what, Deja, like, we love our listeners so much, right? And mm. they support us so much. But mm-hmm. on episode 50, or maybe 52, because it's like a year anniversary, I am going to have to comprise a list of all the things that we're still waiting for. And I will be honest, guys. 47 weeks ago we asked for jollof rice okay yeah. from Ghanaians and Nigerians and we are yet to receive still that we still don't have it we've Do you all... know we, what we also don't know go on what color white men's pubes are thank we you Deidre because you know that was next on my list 
But because we said if if their hair is dark, are the pubes dark, or we, is it the other way round? Like, what if their hair's blonde? Are the pubes blonde? We just like, want to know. know. We just like we literally we just want to know. It's a safe space here. Um, yeah. I feel just like DM us. You don't have to be at us on the timeline. Do you know what I mean? Kind of your boyfriend's pubes are just DM us. Just let us Not know. Not on the picture though. Just got to put that out there. No, thank you with the dick pics. Thank you. <laughs> I feel like there was another thing, but I can't quite remember. It might be a recent one, so maybe I'll give you guys a couple more weeks. Um, yeah, it will come back to us, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, but we will Because I thought we were that. a community. Oh, that's what I thought. That's what, that's what I thought. But, you know, <laughs> now it just seems like we're just providing you guys a service. And, you're, mm-hmm. you know, what are we getting in return, guys? It's just all take, take, take. Try take, 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 Need a bit of give, give, give. <laughs> Goodness me. But I do love you guys and do follow us on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. And don't forget to hashtag the rebound pod. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Do you know, did you see the... Um, so obviously sometimes me and Olivia get like DM requests um, on our Instagram page, <laughs> not from any of you telling us the things that we want to tell you want us to tell you, but yeah. Um, and it was one of those bots that was advertising something and someone who was in the like Instagram group chat replied saying, kindly fuck off. And I was like, energy, energy. That's what I'm going to reply back to you now when I'm in the stupid group chat. Listen. The, in my day that did. The bots and the trolls are just in full force. It's like they have nothing better to do. It's like the world hasn't opened up for them post-COVID. Bro. They're just still on their phones. Bro. Trolling people. It's a really scary. So, guys, we, let me just tell the people what's been going tell on. The people. The people. Um, this week, I've been getting trolled like crazy. I say like crazy. For me, it's crazy. It's been like four trolls. To me, that's crazy. Um, famous. <laughs> famous. <laughs> famous. <laughs> trolled, being trolled. Famous. Um... And I just think, I one, I do find it quite funny, which I don't know if that's maybe just my coping mechanism, which I'm fine with. I'd rather be laughing no. than crying. Um, but two, I just find it really weird, right, that you would actively seek out something that you don't like and that makes you angry. Yeah. And to me, that's a bit sus. Like, I don't know. Like mm. That's like, for example, if I hated... God, I don't know. Florence. What's it? Yeah. What's it's for example, and every day I go on What's It's Instagram and hashtag like, What's It's hashtag What's It's and I'm like fucking hate What's It's fucking orange stupid crisp stupid <laughs> fucking What's It's everyone that eats What's It's you should just die because What's It's What's It makes your teeth orange yeah I you can hate What's stupid it's. What's It's hula hoops are better you stupid <laughs> like. Am I alright? That's actually what trolls sound like. Like they're you, not alright, bro. Are you alright? Like what? What's? How can you? How can you? Like fair enough, you hate fat people. Okay, whatever, boring. But like, why would you then seek out pictures of fat people if you literally mm. don't like it? Like that's not self care. Their pressure must be so high, <laughs> so high through the roof. It's really, it's really, it's really something. It's given me self harm. Yeah, no, like, that's another conversation. I it's given me self harm because I feel like, how are it you seeking is. out something that makes you angry like that? It that's is. like you know when you have a phobia and you purposely go and look at that. Bro, like when I thought I had triphobia, googling triphobia, and I was like looking at doing the... it to try and get over Ugh. it, and I was like, this is self harm. I need yeah, to stop now. Yeah. This is horrible. It, no, genuinely, it's really that. Like, it's really serious. Um. Mm. So, yeah, the trolls Stop just that. need to allow it. The trolls and bots, you just need to mm. allow it. Um, but, yeah. But how are you, honey bun? Yeah, do you know what? I'm good. Um, I did my own hair yesterday. So, obviously... Braids by Burke. Braids by Burke. Boudou, if you know, you know. Um, I'm just, you know, what can I say? I've got talented fingers. I just, like... 
Wow, you know? that was a really interesting phrasing. Yeah, you know, after I said that, I thought, oh, God, if they just took that out as a quick sound piece, <laughs> could be talking about anything. Kinel, good, Got that kind of podcast. Fingers. Good, 104. Anyway, so how's, how are you? How's your week? I'm good, hon. My week has been um, hectic, to mm-hmm. say the absolute least. Mm-hmm. Um, but what we're grateful for is life and health and strength. Um, Amen. I love that. Because, yeah, this week has really tested me on so many levels. I'm hoping that soon I'm going to be able to come to the podcast with a victory. Yes. Um, but, I'm yeah, we'll, it. we'll have to see because yeah. it's been a bit of a test. <laughs> um, yeah, I wasn't feeling very well this week. I'm feeling a bit better now. Um it's, yeah, it's just been a little bit ghetto, a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but we move. We're, we're move. We're move. We move. Um, talking of move, I forgot we were going to talk about this. The men's men's makeup. Right. So, A-Rod, what's his real name? Aaron Rodriguez. Oh. That, was, that was a real, I don't <laughs> think that's his name. Just to start, no, it might, yeah. Just fake news. J-Lo's husband, innit? I'm sure, honestly, guys, I'm sure he is famous for something else, but I'm not being rude. That's how I know him, okay? Is he a singer? Potentially. And I just feel like when people say it's so-and-so's wife, you lot don't have a problem. So if I'm going to say it's someone's husband, you're going to yeah. accept it, right? Oh, um, it's Alex Rodriguez. You were so close. You were, you were literally so close. Um, so Alex Rodriguez has, um launched a men's makeup line um mm. and i'm a little bit here for it that's the truth that's actually mm. the truth because i just feel like we we're so con- okay this is really fucked what i'm gonna say yeah but like yeah maybe men should be pressured to you know fix themselves every day no. too yeah <laughs> Because women, we live in a patriarchal system where, like, it's actually weird that we would think, oh, gosh, men shouldn't wear makeup. Yeah, why fucking should we? We shouldn't Mm. be having to wear it either. So to be honest, obviously, it would be great if we all lived in a world where we didn't have to have men's makeup because men, that's the real me, guys. I'm just being, you know. No, but you have to challenge, like, a lot of these perceptions because a lot of people will be like, oh, why men wear makeup? And it's like, but why are women wearing makeup? Let's <laughs> really go back to basics. And ask, why are women being expected to wear makeup? Word. Do you know how I feel about this men's line? I think it's a little bit weird that something that has been... Like, you know how... Um, what do they call it? Guy liner. Is yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Gender specific. <laughs> um, I'm surprised that the person who invented guy liner hasn't invented a, a men's range of makeup yeah, already. Yeah, that's true. Um, Wait, so is guy liner really like, a, like... Is there a separate one for boys? It's, it's li- no, no, like any brand of eye, like eyeliner that men wear is called guy liner. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 okay, I thought so. Because men just... can't wear eyeliner products then they're no longer guys. Bro. So they have to wear guy liner. Cishet uh... men, their, their masculinity is so fragile. Bro. So, so it fragile. Ab- no, it actually worries me. Like, like genuinely mm. recently, I'm thinking, no, this isn't right. Because there's yeah, so right. much stuff. It ain't right. That you lot are literally physically stopping yourself from naturally wanting to do because of mm. other men. Because of like, you're, you're, it's so fragile. You're so afraid of what? Do you know what I love though? Is that, is when, because a lot of um, expectations of men and what is a, is a man, mm-hmm. like comes a lot from other men. So if other 100%. men say that you shouldn't be doing it, you should like the other men take that on. But what I love is when women say that 
as a joke that mm-hmm. something isn't manly. So, like, I think the other day a woman was like, oh, if you're a man, why are you having a birthday dinner? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, hoping that she receipts. was joking because that's hella problematic if she wasn't It was joking. Audrey. It was Audrey on the receipts she was saying. Yeah, no, yeah. she said it. I feel like I saw a tweet, though. Oh, we, well. oh maybe that's where she got it from. That is based on the tweet. Yeah, yeah, but um, and then all the men were like, "Oh, so what? We got our birthdays again." It's like, "Oh, so now you want to be rational? Right. Now you want to say, oh, we should be able to do this?' But when it's other basic things, right? That you also should be doing like washing your bottom <laughs> because other men say that it's you shouldn't be doing it. You don't want to be doing it. Woo. It just doesn't make sense to me at all. Um, but with the makeup <laughs> thing, yeah, I I actually think it's really interesting that instead of yeah, I think it's interesting that he's going to now make money from it. But I mm-hmm. think I was hoping that with this makeup line, it would mean that makeup then become gender neutral. So we mm-hmm. wouldn't have to have a, a men's makeup line. We could just have a makeup section. Yeah. And like different makeup brands would have to make sure that it's accessible for everyone. It's not got unicorns on it necessarily <laughs> because we know how we gender unicorns. Yeah, yeah. Makeup is just makeup. There doesn't That's have to so be a weird. men's makeup section. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, A-Rod... It, Carry on doing what you're doing, hon. But. Yeah, I think it's great. And I also think, actually, that it should, um, like, one thing that could come out of this is show more solidarity um, to... Let me think about the term. Sorry if I get it wrong. But, like, um, non-binary people or, like... Mm men that just wear makeup anyway and aren't trying mm. to make it a man thing. Like, no, I'm just the man that wears makeup. Like, yeah. I would hope that with this, like, rather than trying to masculate makeup, like you said, mm. like, just make it that any man or any woman or whoever just wears makeup, it's just a thing. We don't need to yeah. make it a male makeup line because what difference is the... What, like, is there going to be different products in the foundation or the concealer from when... I just feel like it's going to... that All the packaging is probably just going to be black. Yeah. Black and white or black and clear. Yeah. And there's going to be no colours. Like, there's going to be no eyeshadow palettes. There's going to be... And if there are eyeshadow palettes, it's going to be basic colours. There's not yeah. going to be anything cute. Yeah, yeah. Let's just put yeah. it that way. Yeah. Because anything that you need for a man on the makeup market... I'm sure it's already there. It's already just on exists. It's a men's product. It already exists. Like because it's even like when you go into the deodorant aisle mm-hmm. and you just see how different companies feel like men need to be marketed to to smell nice. It's like <laughs> yeah, blue, slate, grey, black. Yeah. Whereas <laughs> yeah. women, it's like white and pink and lilac, flowers and, you know, and doves and yeah. We all just need to smell good. Like we all just need hygiene. Like thank you. Like. Um, so yeah, we'll Strange. see. We'll see what, where that one goes. But I just think like, how about we just like normalize it? And if men want to wear makeup, they just wear Fenty or like whatever else right. is there. Like, because there's so many makeup brands that use men in their advertising campaigns. Like, like Fenty being one of them. So it's like, and it's not to say that A Rod is trying to kind of take away that market but I yeah, just yeah. think when we think about it being marketed as a men's makeup line I just feel like it's a little bit unnecessary because rarely is makeup marketed as a woman's makeup line yeah it's just makeup it's just makeup and and every society has gendered it to women yeah and also obviously we haven't been on tv yet but I'm sure we will be in the future and Jesus name me men um but I'm man but um <laughs> I'm sure when people like when people go on tv and on tv shows don't they put makeup on the men Yep. So aren't they using the same makeup that they're using on the women? <laughs> it's not men's makeup, I tell you that for so, nothing. So also, just to ask quickly then, how comes like that is fine, right? But maybe if, you know, a, a man saw another man in the street wearing makeup, you'd be upset. But if you was going on TV men, and they put it on your skin, you it's fine. For a lot of men, it's not fine. 
Yeah, I, I've watched like behind the scenes stuff, and they are bothered by the amount of powder that really? the makeup artist is putting on them. Yeah, really? I think I watched a video with Popcorn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a behind the. He was going on TVJ, uh, and he was like a behind the scenes. <laughs> Just look at us now. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. And they were like um getting him ready because he was on like a green screen uh-huh. and the makeup artist was like powdering him because obviously if he's going to have a green screen behind him he needs to like his skin needs to mat out basically. Yeah, yeah. And she and then he would basically like start cussing her after a certain point basically being like stop like it's uh, too much well, now, yeah. like, just stop I, it. I can imagine that. I mean that's a whole other conversation for another day but that it being popcorn doesn't surprise me that he would have that reaction. Yeah, but I've definitely seen it with other men as well so it's like um I think for them, they realise that when they're on TV, it's something that's beyond their control. Mm. They're being given this opportunity to be on TV. So if they need to put on makeup to get the opportunity, they're going to have to do it. But if it's anything within their control, like being out on the street, going to shows, like they don't have to wear makeup so they're not going to because no Mm. one's forcing them to. Yeah. So I think it's the power, to be honest with you. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I just think Mm. that, like men should like equally and obviously this like you said it goes to the bum washing thing um men should just be it like always goes back to the bum yeah, always thing. like wash your asshole um and mm-hmm. men should just be encouraged to like carry out like beauty regimes skincare regimes and stuff if that's what they want to do and i feel like there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong like maybe your shaving bumps you know there's something that you could be doing to help that but because you're mm-hmm. scared to look in boots at the face cream section because you feel like it's going to demasculate you your shaving bumps are upsetting you. Maybe there's actually, you know, you can get an exfoliating glove and deal with that. <laughs> Maybe they're infected because you just won't go and deal with it. Right. But you're scared to buy tweezers because you think that makes you feminine. You know what I mean? Maybe you want to tidy up your eyebrows. Maybe you need to get rid of, you know, that dead skin on your foot bottom. You need a Screaming. pedicure. Get but a pumice stone. Do you know what I mean? Maybe them football boots are busting up your toes. <laughs> and now you've got three and a half, right? But because you're too scared to get a pedicure to see a podiatrist, right? You're suffering because Bro. the patriarchy has you by the neck back. Chokehold. Right. Bro. Okay, um, well, now that we've preached that <laughs> lesson today to men, I feel like men just need to listen to this podcast and take just take notes because we really are you. just giving them a bit of a guide for life. But t- <laughs> if you don't want to listen, then you're just missing out. Do you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? So please do send it. If you're not going to send us gel off, then please send this podcast to your men friends um, because they need to be hearing. Um, exactly. Okay, so um, just, you know toning it down just taking it down um mm. today's icebreaker we wanted to focus on um race racism um mm-hmm. and everything everything blackity black 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 um because mm. that's who we are um and also because this week um will be one year since george floyd was murdered um first of all i cannot believe it's been a year yeah um, i can't either like yeah, we'll we'll get into it, but yeah, I just I just can't believe it. Um, so I just wanted to start by asking you a few questions, DJ. Um, I know yeah. we've done similar ones to this before, but um, hopefully there's no repeats. Um, yeah, and I think also we'll see if our opinions have changed. Yeah, especially over the last year where everyone's been hashtag listening and learning. Right. We'll see if that's <laughs> changed the way that we feel about any of this stuff. Right. Um. So writing it. <laughs> black square squad um so my first question is what is your biggest fear when having a conversation about race 
um that people won't take me seriously mm. um and because they'll think I'm pulling the race card and mm. that I only think what I think because I'm a black woman and not because I'm a human being mm. <laughs> quotation marks <laughs> yeah so like, oh, any other person wouldn't think it's racist but it's like but you weren't the one experiencing it but I am because I'm a black woman so right. if you just listen to me who's technically the expert <laughs> in the situation might be able to get somewhere okay right. um yeah so yeah I think being accused of pulling the race card is probably one of my like biggest fears because it, it means you can't then go anywhere in that yeah. conversation yeah um, what about you and then before I answer I've just got two follow-up questions for you right oh, go on, so that I'm assuming is engaging obviously I didn't specify but I assume you took that question as engaging in a rate in a conversation with white people about race right mm. so what about with um non-black people of color does um, does it change? Is it similar? Is it just like, yeah? And then our and then the next question for you to think about is engaging with black people about race. So um, yeah, I think when speaking to non-black people of color um, about race, I always consider how what I'm saying could interact with any anti-blackness that they've been taught, mm. um, because we know that anti-blackness is like. Right, right in, yeah. in a lot of non-black people of colour communities. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm thinking about whatever I'm saying, how does this counteract or contribute to what your parents have told you about how black, how lazy black people are or mm. how dirty we are? Mm. I'm thinking about that. And like, I'm then trying to manage, like, is what I'm saying, do I care enough to have this conversation to debunk what you could have been taught? Or do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, it's like yeah. back and forth for yourself. Like, do I have the energy right now to do that? Um, and then also not really wanting to know if that's what you've been taught because that might hurt my feelings. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I think when having conversations with race about black people, I feel empowered. Mm-hmm. But my worst fear is that it's a black person that's like, well, I did it. You know, I just think if yeah. we all pull ourselves by our bootstraps, yeah. you know, like the, the Uncle Kanye Tom's. Western them, man, yeah. Yeah, like I, my fear is that I would be speaking to someone like that and like they're mm. not hearing what I'm saying because they think that it's a result of my personal choices. Mm. What about you, my darling? That's interesting. Um, so I think my biggest fear about race with white people is just that um, it's it's just not something that I, like, even want to do unless mm. I am, like, delivering something. So, like, I mm. think now if I was working in my old job, I would more than likely, like, I would love to deliver a talk about racism to them because... 99% of the workforce there was white. Um, Absolutely. But for me, that's like a, in a position where I feel empowered because I'm telling you, this is not a conversation, this is not a question and answer, I'm telling you about race and racism, what my experience is. So in those instances, I think I would be okay. But I think in a conversation, it would just be that like, yeah, they just don't understand. Or like you said, pulling a race card. They think I'm pulling a race card. Or... um I guess as well, my biggest fear is that, like, they're not going to understand and that's going to disappoint me. Like, mm. especially if it's a friend or, or someone, maybe a colleague that I see in, you know, high regard or something. If I then present them with that conversation and they're like, oh, don't be silly. No, it wasn't like that. Or no, they did it to me too. I'd that find that... Dis- silly. Yeah. I'd find it... 
I'd find that disappointing because then it'd be like, oh, so I like you as a person, but actually now that I know that you don't get it, <laughs> mm. I actually now, this can't work. <laughs> I don't like you now. I don't like you now. I've got to leave now. Yeah, yeah, because that's that's me. So, okay. Mm. So that's what I'd say with white people, with people of colour, um, non-black people of colour. Um, I think... I've been fortunate, maybe, I'm trying to think, um, over the years that the non-black people of colour around me, which isn't many, to be honest, mm. um, have just got it. So mm. I haven't really thought about the anti-blackness side of things. However, um, thinking about it in general, if it was maybe a non-black person of colour that I didn't know well, that is something mm. that I would be hyper aware of. Like... Mm. Do you think you're like, I don't know, quote unquote, the good immigrant or like, mm. you know, and I know we can talk about it later, but I know you saw an example of that um, on Twitter this week. Um, yeah. But like, yeah, do you think that you, yeah, like there was a right way to do things and you did it the right way. So if I've got issues, it's because I'm doing things the wrong way. Um, mm. And then with black people, I think, yeah, again, I feel empowered. I just feel this sense of like belonging and understanding and not having to like explain the unexplainable. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like that's so comforting. Um, And that is really something that like, even when I worked in my last workplace, I really cherished having the conversations with the black people there because they just Mm -hmm. got it. And there was no real need for extra explanation or like, did you see when she, and it's like, yeah, I saw it. And like, we don't finish Mm -hmm. the sentence. But we know, like, yeah. did you see how so and so just yeah, da, 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 mm. and you're just going eh, no, it ain't cause it. I, yeah. But but anyone else would be like, what are you guys talking about? Because <laughs> there's no words. About? But there's mm. just such a mutual understanding. So I don't actually really have um, any any fear about com- uh, engaging in conversations with race with black people unless. Mm. Unless they was a black person, I think, oh, I don't think you get it. <laughs> yeah. That's scary. Yeah. Do you know what? That always reminds me of people. I think it's a Marcus Garvey um, phrase. And it's mm-hmm. like, it basically just means that not every black person can come. Like, not everyone yeah. is going to make it to the promised land. Like, Bro. because we, we've all got different priorities of what is important to us. For yeah. some people, it's assimilation. They don't yeah. want to be seen. And um, can me bad knock, I'm atting you in your braids, okay? Um, <laughs> For some people, it's all about assimilation. It's all yeah. about I must be seen as acceptable to white people. Yeah. Um, and those people I can't get down with because it's like you, you, you're losing yourself in the process of trying to be palatable to someone else. But I think in what you've said about the speaking the unspeakable, one thing I also love about having conversations with other black people about race is the mm-hmm. nuances that we haven't yet found language for. Mm-hmm. So recently, like at work, I've been asked to reflect on the past year since the murder of George Floyd. And the questions that were sent to me were for the hashtag listening and learning crew. Mm-hmm. And as the living and feeling crew, I didn't feel like they really allowed me the space to like explore how I was actually feeling. And obviously, like I, I think I've said on the podcast, like I founded the black group at work mm-hmm. and I sent the questions to them and I said, has anyone else been asked to answer these questions? And the responses, because I, I just put it out there on a whim because I was like, maybe I'm doing too much. Maybe I'm looking into these questions too much. Mm-hmm. But all of the responses I got suggested the fact that I wasn't, but I didn't have the language yet. Yeah, yeah. 
to really understand like what is wrong with these questions because I yeah. think the way that a lot of this race theory and like we're having com- these discussions about race a lot of them are tailored towards white people so a lot of the language the approach the reflections don't include us as black people who are experiencing yeah. it yeah but that's a I think that's a very recent thing especially in the last year where everyone's been hashtag listening and learning mm-hmm. this is a very new thing so I, I wonder if they're you know, we're having to create the language for this sort of exclusion. Yeah. Because in a, in a sense, this is a form of prejudice because we're being excluded from conversations about ourselves by prioritising people who it doesn't happen who to. Who aren't experiencing, them... yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fucked. Yeah. I'm sorry. I think it, it's a bit fucked up. It is. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Sorry, I had to get um. off my chest. <laughs> um. <laughs> Okay, the next question is, have you ever been called out for saying something insensitive regarding race? How did it make you feel? Did it change you? Why or why not? Um, yeah, do you know what I did? This is, uh, I thought it was funny at the time, but I don't know if, you'll be able to tell me because you were there. There okay. was a time when um, we were going, a lot of us were going to Westfields after after college, yeah? Okay. And it was a group of us as black girls and there was one white girl. Uh-huh. Big up you because you know who you are. <laughs> and we were walking through the train and um, someone said, oh, people are going to think that we've kidnapped her because she's the only white girl. And I said, yeah, they're going to call her an N-word lover uh... on the train. And I remember you turned around and said, Deja. And I said, well... But, like, at the time, obviously, that's really insensitive. And like, yeah, I think yeah. I even used the N-word, and that's not like me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and there are loads of reasons why I can think of why I decided to say that on that day, whatever, like, yeah, how, yeah. wherever I was at the time, in like, mentally and in mm-hmm. terms of my journey. But that was insensitive. And I can only imagine mm. how that made her feel. Mm. So, and I have only really realised that now, and mm. I should probably apologise, because I didn't... She laughed at the time, but obviously yeah. laughing doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think that made me feel really like uncomfortable because I possibly made everyone in that situation feel uncomfortable um and it's taught me that some thoughts or conversations need to just stay in my head they don't need to be out Um, yeah yeah so yeah, that, that was my, yeah. that's my reflection. <laughs> that's so, oh, I, I honestly, like, obviously I wouldn't remember that, but yeah, that's so mad. Um, but you mm, know, that phrase you? is from, um, um, fuck, sorry, I thought I'd remember the name of the film, but I don't. Um, oh, it's, it's from, it's from slavery in general. Yeah, no, but I know there's a movie in it where they call the white girl, like, Emerald Lover. Oh, Emerald really? Lover. Yeah. Um, fuck, that's a good film as well, I can't remember. Um, if anyone remembers, please tell me. It's about a little girl who um, her mum dies and she's brought up by, like, her black nanny. And... I'm just going to throw How to Kill a Mockingbird out there now. No, it's not. I don't think that's a storyline, so any lit- literary fans out there, please don't get at me. <laughs> yeah, that's not a storyline. And cute, and cute. Anyway, um, and I feel like the actress is... Like, we know her now as a famous actress, but it's when she was quite little. Um, anyway... Mm. Yeah, I'll remember, guys. Um, so, yeah, there has been a time, but I still stand by what I said. <laughs> so, basically, it was like when I was on Twitter, so we're talking mm. 10 plus years ago. Oh, I love Twitter, uh, I know. I think my name was like Love From Libs or something like that. Yeah, remember. it was. Um, big up me. Actually, oi, don't <laughs> search my tweets ever. <laughs> wow. Don't search my thing. Bro. Anyway, so basically, the Mobos was on. And mm. I must have been in about year 10 or something. And basically, this is when Ed Sheeran was quite big and he won maybe like a couple of awards. He might, it, 
in my head now it might have actually just been one award but I think mm. he was nominated for quite a few and say he won one or two awards and I think maybe Adele did or someone else white and I remember mm. I tweeted um mobos dot 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 more like the mowos right <laughs> <laughs> and then um someone and he's actually quite like twitter famous I don't know if he's still about um mm. quote tweets so obviously you know when someone twitter famous quote tweets you're fucked in it mm. and he was like he basically was like, wow, dot, dot, dot. You know when they, like, you know when Twitter famous people, like, back in the day, I think, from what I understand, people on Twitter now have got a lot to say. But back then, you could yeah. just quote, tweet, quote, tweet and do dot, 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 and everyone would just come through. Yeah. They, yeah. So that's what Absolutely. he did, basically. Um, and then, yeah, I just had loads of people in my mentions calling me racist. Uh, I had people like... Was this um, person white, the Twitter famous person? No, he's black. He's a black man. Oh, the coonery. So that... <laughs> That says it all. Yeah, and then mm. people were just like, um, oh, so you're saying that white people can't wi- um, win the awards. I said, it's music of black origin. Ed Sheeran does not sing music of black origin. Like, the winners should be black mm. people. Like, And to be honest, now in hindsight, Ed Sheeran probably was singing some music of black origin, which is why he won. But the point of Mobos is because we weren't winning in mainstream awards, so we made mm. our own. So when I'm seeing as a child, white people winning things in the Mobos, you can win in your in the regular awards. You, you can yeah. win in the Brits. You don't need to yeah. be nominated for stuff in the Mobos. We're already not nominated in mainstream awards and we are better than like some of these artists. So for mm. now, you look to be dominating in the Mobos. Don't take, no, don't. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, even though people came for me and called me racist and all sorts and I was like you look and go fuck yourself like there was people mm. really like mad at me um I didn't care and I still don't care and I would still yeah. s- say the same thing it's, it's a very good point and it's like I think people need to understand especially when people call things reverse racist that term is wild to me I need that we to really go in a bin to, <laughs> in the bin in the bin we really need to discuss like why because you're offended as a white person <laughs> yeah. by a black person, why that makes what the black person said reverse racist. Yeah. <laughs> Let's really break that down. Just because you're offended. And this is what I think like they don't rate what racism feels like because racism isn't being offended by something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Speak on it. Speak like, on racism it. Racism is that feeling where you feel like your heart is dropping because you can tell that because of the colour of your skin, someone is treating you like shit. Yeah. That is not reverse racism, sorry. Yeah. Just because I've told you that I don't like that you like Jaffa cakes, that's not <laughs> fucking reverse racism because I'm a black person and you're a white person. I'm sorry. Literally, no. You can't, Literally. We can't, you can't reduce it to that, but the yeah. fact that reverse racism has gained so much, like, chest, yeah. that just shows you how little understanding people have yeah, what racism that's so actually true. is. That's actually so true. And that is scary to me. And I'm only just deep in it now. The fact that you can just throw around that word up and down anyhow. Up and down. You don't understand how that feels. Yeah. Fuck, you're right. That's actually actually why they're able to say that. Because they don't actually understand the true meaning. So Mm. they think, yeah, I'm upset by someone brown or black. So this must be reverse racism. Reverse racism. You're being unkind to me. AKA, I'm upset because you called me out. Because that's usually what it is. And now this is reverse racism. Mm. Um, such a weird flex Um, so I'm going to do the last question and it will kind of lead on to our main conversation so it Mm -hmm. says what do you hope future generations understand about race what is our role in helping them understand I know it's a big question I think I'm going to go with the second question first and Mm -hmm. then hopefully an answer for the first one will come up but I think what we can do to help them is um celebrate other races like Mm. teach them about other races um and their history and their cultural like traditions and stuff like that in the hope that 
instead of there we instead of us aiming for a world that is colorblind we aim for a world that is like inclusive and accepting mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. so we can say like oh yeah like that person they're from pakistan or that person they're from mm-hmm. somalia like mm-hmm. and that's not a diss yeah yeah, yeah. because or we can call someone black because that's not an insult yeah. because that is actually where they're from that's their ethnic yeah. origin so i think it's about like yeah educating people about the roots of the history of race Mm -hmm. so that we can really understand the different like dynamics of it but not being tied to those historical dynamics Mm -hmm. just acknowledging that that's part of our history as as a as a world and moving forward with like harmony i know that is such a deep (laughs) answer like everyone should love each other um but yeah i think that's that's probably my answer what would you say yeah i i just i A lot. I would hope that the future generations understand everything that we don't. Um, mm, I hope that white people understand their responsibility in upholding white supremacy and racism um, mm. and institutional racism. Um, and I hope they're able to take accountability for that and change the way we do things. Um, I hope that we don't need to have... Pov- po- I mean, they barely use it now anywhere. But I hope that we don't need to have positive discrimination. I hope that application forms don't need to say, we encourage people from ethnic backgrounds to apply for this job, a.k.a. because Mm. the only black people that work here are the hospitality or cleaning staff. Um, Mm. I hope that it just is... we, We are genuinely represented in all different industries and all different fields and it's not we never feel like we're tick box we're never the only person that works somewhere no matter where we are in england if i just think about united kingdom no matter where we are we could be in the most like you know the furthest place away from london in the countryside and there's a black person in every school in england you know Mm. there's a black teacher multiple black teachers in every school you know what Mm. i mean like there's black nurses, black doctors, black police officers. There's, we're just about, we're here. Mm. And, it, and it's mm. not weird. We're on TV. We're, if you go to Asda and there's cards, like the birthday cards, there's just a whole range of black cards. Could you imagine? I can't, I can't. And that's so sad. And that's what I mean. When, when, when people think about like how racism is so ingrained in our society and white supremacy is everywhere, I don't think white people, and even us as black people sometimes are so used to it, we don't take a stop mm. to think that there aren't, but like birthday cards do not have black people on it. Like we yeah. have to get me to you bear as a we child. That's bears. what we got. Yeah. We have to get bears or flowers yeah. or random things because all every if there's a photo if there's a picture of people on a birthday card they are white always mm. always I actually remember when i was younger I, I found a really really nice mother's day card for my mum like mm-hmm. i really loved the words in it but it was a white woman on the front mm-hmm. and i went home and colored it brown and like That's, changed her hair i love but that. it was like you shouldn't have had to do that, that as a child ever. i shouldn't have had to do that like yeah. if, if we really want representation get different types of mums or different types yeah. of mother figures on mother's yeah, day cards yeah. then word word like, with the same message Why is so that i can pick on the mother's day card like right like so yeah I, th- I think when it comes to yeah it's the cards thing is mad i actually have a quick question for you mm-hmm. you know since um like last year and, and like the black Lives matter mo- um, movement and stuff uh-huh. there's been a lot of um black businesses that have that have come up and i bloody love it one of yes, my so like commitments and i kind of do this without thinking now is buying birthday cards or like just um yeah like occasion cards from black businesses same how do you feel about supermarkets and card factory and all those sorts of shops 
stocking black cards do you feel like that takes away from the businesses there or do you think there's a way that they could do it that's a bit more like ethic ethical for the community um i think if they could um like if the because you know like say kitchener for example mm, and um hood greetings are where like i get and i think you do as well like where we get our black yeah. cards from and so i know with kitchener they've got some of um some of her cards are on moon pig um but it, yeah yeah but it says like it's kitchener they're not like trying to beg it like it's like designed by wow, her I know that. yeah and so i feel but i still go to her directly now like and you know mm. i used to love a moon pig but i really yeah, have invested same. in the past year in in Kitchener and Hood Greetings. Um, mm. And so I think that if Card Factory could strike a deal with the already really successful existing black, um, you know, card makers and stuff, that I would love that. Mm. That's what I would prefer. Um, yeah. I think that there are... And I read a quote the other day and it said... Um, and it, You know when you're like, damn. It said, um, black businesses don't need funding. We just need people to buy from us. And I thought, wow. fuck. And I thought, that's so true. Obviously, there are some black businesses that need the leg up and they need the funding. But actually, there are a lot, like, look how quickly once once we created um, Black Pound Day, how many, mm. I was like, wait, what? There's black people that do all this stuff. Like, why the hell have I been yeah. giving my money to these corporations when there's literally people that look like me that are, like, mm. selling candles, selling clothes, selling, co- like, just stuff I would have never thought of. I would much rather give my money to a black person like yeah. knowing that could be like a family member or a friend to me like that's another black person winning so I'm all mm-hmm. for that so I feel like again it's just like it's not necessarily that they need the funding they just need us to buy from them and if we do that mm. then we no one will need to go to card factory and and do you know what I mean when when they're such a successful business like if you know that you can order from Kitchener Wine in three days it's going to come just as quick as it would from Moonpig like mm. and also you can get maybe a bit of stationery and other little things and you're helping a black owned business why would I ever go to Mean Pig? So I feel yeah. like it would be great if Card Factory maybe would do their own little black people on the not little, <laughs> right? Their own black people <laughs> on cards in the eighty nine p range, you know, because we do like the affordability. Right, right. Sometimes black cards are a little bit more expensive because right. businesses are smaller. Right, right, right. right. Um, so yeah, I think it would be great if they could, could do deals with already existing successful black owned businesses or startup, mm. um, but if they had their own, that would be good too. Um, But yeah. Like, what's to say that we're limiting it? Because obviously I asked your question like this or that. Mm -hmm. But I think what's to say to limit it? Because I think that's where we've gone wrong in the past. Like, oh, we can't have another black person because we've already got one. Mm -hmm. We can't have another black card line because we've already got Mm -hmm. one. But it's like, actually, you can just pick, you can have a range and you can have like, add black characters to your existing cards. How about that? Bro. How about that? And some Asian people. And some people in hijabs. Right. Oh, (laughs) How about that? Oh, God. And do you know what it is as well? Like, it's it's like we've been taught to, like, be in a position of lack always. And it's yeah. like, actually, there doesn't need to be one of us. Like, for example, I know a few weeks ago on ITV, I think Alan Carr's game show, there was, like, um, three black families. So all the contestants oh, yeah. were black. And obviously the ra- racist Twitter... What was it called? Gammon Twitter? <laughs> That's fucking idiot. <laughs> Gam and Twitter were having a field day. Um, but actually, even for me, and it's so weird, and this is gonna sound mad problematic, but obviously we're getting into the convo now, and it's fine. Not mm-hmm. it's fine, not it's fine to be problematic, but I mean <laughs> we're gonna explore. We're getting um, into it. Is that when I see loads of black people, and my mum says the same thing, sorry mum to drag you, um, but like 
I'm almost like not uncomfortable, but I have to be transparent, right? When I see like loads of black people on TV, I think like, oh my gosh, are we doing too much? Like I get a bit scared. Like I get a bit like, Oh gosh, Do you feel like they're going to take it away from us? No. Like you... If they get backlash? No. Well, that's, that's, a, that's like my afterthought is the fear for those black people. But my mm. first thought is almost... This sounds so bad, but I'm just going to try and articulate it. My first thought is almost the same as the racist white people in that they think mm. like, why have they got all the blacks on TV? Like, I almost think, oh my gosh, why is there so many blacks on TV? Like, maybe they, maybe we shouldn't... Maybe there shouldn't be three black families. Like, maybe that's not fair. And then I think, Olivia, 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 Olivia. <laughs> I have to mm, rein myself, reel it, reel it all the way in. And, and you know, this is where, like, I'm, you know, and I'm going to be open. This is where we see, um, like, internalised racism and stuff forming people. Because I should never be seeing, you know, black people in an advert and thinking, OK, maybe they are doing too much. I should never be thinking that. But because mm. we've been taught to be in a position of lack and that we're lucky if there's one black person on there, when there's three, I think, oh, OK, maybe this is too much. But when there's three white people, I never think that. I don't blink. Mm. I, don't, I don't overthink it at all. And this is what I'm saying. That's what I hope for the future generations. We are represented all where, or like everywhere, so that if there is a group of black people somewhere in, you know, over, uh, not overrepresented, but just literally. And that's the thing. When, when black people are simply represented, Represented. I'm seeing it as overrepresentation because I'm so used mm. to us not being represented at all. And I think mm. that's the same as what white people think. Theirs is just coming from a hatred point of view, whereas mine's coming from a fear. Like, guys, is it like, is it okay for us all to be on screen? Are you sure? Like, are you sure? Um, yeah. And and that's fact, and that's a lot of unlearning that I've had to do, especially when you know on TV they definitely are excuse me, sorry, like, ticking boxes and stuff and having more black people and genuinely just having black people. Like, I don't think it's mm. all a tick box exercise anymore. Obviously, it's really difficult to tell. Um, mm. And that kind of, like, goes into the Black Square Summer that we'll talk about in a bit. But, like, it, you know, it is hard for... I'm just not... I'm not used to it. None of us are. And I want to be able to just enjoy it. Um, but, you know, sometimes I do think, yeah, OK, are they going to take this away from us? Is it going to be that you know, black people that go on TV shows or are actors and actresses and adverts or whatever, um, we're so aware of the backlash that we're just not even going to put ourselves in those opportunities anymore because we know we're going to have to shut down our social media for four weeks um, mm. just to calm the trolls. Do you know what mm. I mean? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I think that's where it comes from, like, being black, always feeling like you're sacrificing something or you're Mm. having to sacrifice your peace for the better good of something Mm. because if you think about all of the um that even think about the this is it the sainsbury's advert that had the all black family yeah yeah and the the roast the racist people like nice well now where's the british one (laughs) fucking idiots um (laughs) but like when you think about the actors that were in that advert Mm -hmm. you they may have had similar thoughts to you like rah like we're a whole black family we're all dark skin like what like, bro, we're out here. Like, we're yeah. out here doing black, black family stuff. Like, yeah. we're really out here. We can't deny that, yeah? There's no racially ambiguous, no nothing. Like, we're, no we're nothing. blacky, black, dark-skinned people. Um, but for them, you must always... You, they have to think about, like, what's for the greater good of the children yeah. who are growing up now? Yeah. So if we think about, like, 
all Auntie Livy's kids, yeah? <laughs> yeah. All of them are growing up in an age now where they're seeing more people of colour on television. Yeah. So for them, if they're sitting down with their parents and they're like, and one of their parents, like one of your friends says, rah, they've got a whole black cast. The children like, yeah, obviously. Like, why like would that. They? Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And last so week they true. had like a whole Muslim cast. Like, they, yeah. like, and the week before they were all Italian. Like, do you know yeah, what I mean? They, yeah. they would be like, yeah, what? what it's the norm to that? them. Yeah, yeah. Right. So I'm hoping that that is the impact that it has. But I think for our generation, it's going to take a lot of unlearning for us mm. to get rid of that fear. Yeah, yeah. Of yeah. like, we're doing too much. They're going to take it away. They're going mm. to realise that their ratings are going down or they're yeah, getting too many off-com yeah, complaints. It's yeah. just too inconvenient for them to have this many black yeah. people and they're going to take it away from us. Yeah. But to be honest with you, I feel like it would be a lot harder for a lot of those um, TV production companies to do that. Um now that they've all these made the, all these kind of statements of listen and learn and committed to this, committed to that, because mm-hmm. people will hold them to account. Yeah, a hundred percent. So Whew. yeah, yeah. It's uh, I don't know. It's a lot. It's 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 a lot. And I think that um, yeah, even as us black people, like some of us will have a lot of unlearning to do as well, um, mm. learning and unlearning, um, and that's difficult because you you know you start having realizations that you're like oh I didn't know that this is how I've always been thinking um Mm. and I think like that even with kind of thinking about you know everything that's happened since the murder of George Floyd and do you know what just on that I'm actually going to try and say the murder of George Floyd more often because Mm. I find that what we and I'm not us but everyone people say is you know since George Floyd like no, George Floyd what? Yeah, so like, what happened to him? That's Let's actually talk about his what name, happened. and yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. his name has been synonymous with like a movement which is yeah. not okay, but which is okay if we're also acknowledging that George Floyd is his name. We say mm. since so, yeah, since everything with George Floyd, like that's like that's everything. doesn't make Put sense. Put some respect on the man's name. Yeah, but I think also as well, my problem is that we're only acknowledging his murder. Like, mm-hmm. when we think about all the black trans women, like, yeah, all the black women, yeah, all the, yeah, everyone yeah. else... Because, I mean, as much as we have to say everyone's name, the fact that we have to say their name is heartbreaking. Yeah. But the, the names that we're saying are black men, yeah. cis black men. Yeah. We're forgetting everyone else, which is why, to yeah. me, the All Black Lives Matter um, statement mm-hmm. is important to me yeah. because I think we're saying and obviously that's why hashtag say her name started because of yeah. Breonna Taylor we were only saying George Floyd yeah. and people wanted us to remember that Breonna Taylor had been killed in March yeah. we have to remember that there are so many other lives ha- that have been taken that's yeah. not just George Floyd not just cis black men yeah. which as heartbreaking as it is it's even bigger it's even more of a loss for the black community when we consider how many other black people have been killed that we're not really remembering so even for work i'm like can we please make it clear that we're not just commemorating the death of george floyd on tuesday Mm -hmm. we're we're remembering the deaths of all of the black people in america and across the world who have been killed because of systemic racism my ceo then got back to me and said yeah we have to remember that it's not just george floyd but all people of color and i thought today is not the day that i'm gonna fight you but (laughs) i just need you to know that it's not people of color you know what it's like you're still not listening because i didn't actually say people of color i actually even capitalized my b like, I actually right, capitalise my B as well. Right, right. Like, you know, oh, yeah. And that even is another thing, yeah, that I'm sorry, mm. really grinds my fucking gears. Like, and 
again, it's only something that I really noticed and thought about in the past year is that like, you know, saying people of colour, I, I didn't see it as a thing before. I didn't, I was indifferent about it. I didn't see it as an issue and I wasn't pro it. I was just like, okay, like that's just what they call us. Like <laughs> even they like, what like that's just what they call us. Okay. Um, mm. And then, yeah, when I started thinking, oh, actually, no, let's not, Let's not say people of colour, actually, because my experiences as a black person, um, my colleagues' experiences as a Sri Lankan woman, and, you know, I mean, you know, my next door neighbour's experience as, you know, Chinese family, um, you know, it's actually not the same. Um, Near is it with, I don't know, the Brazilian neighbours down. So, like, it's not the same. Um, Mm -hmm. And so, actually can we not group us um mm. because we're all non-white people should be grouped like what is together that what when is actually that? We're, the ethnic, we're the ethnic majority of the world right but you want to group say that again no 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 say that again because they went over their head we're the ethnic majority of the world bro sorry thank to break you it to thank you non-white people because by by maths if we just think about if there's let's just say there's five races in the world the four out of five races are going to be the majority yep Instead yeah. of the one minority. Yeah. But I think it's it's the whole, like, white... It's the myth of white supremacy, isn't it? That mm-hmm. it's like, we are supreme, we are the majority, so we're yeah. going to call you ethnic minorities. Yeah. Because have you, cause if you've noticed that we don't say, like, UK ethnic minorities mm. or first world ethnic minorities, we just mm. say ethnic minorities, period, that you're yeah. not determining where you're the minority. Yeah. If we step out a sec and think about the rest of the world, we are not the global ethnic minority. At all. At all. At all. We're not. And it's and it's about like the language that we use, how we think about ourselves as, as like ethnic groups and people of colour and because even at work, like some of the social workers I work with, um, instead of saying people of colour, they say black and brown. Because mm. I think when we just put POC or BAME or like mm-hmm. we just put letters, oh, we're not giving meaning to the letter. How do you feel about BAME? Because I feel like there's been a lot of um chat about it this year. More I, so than usual. I feel... Um, sorry, I realised earlier when I was talking about people of colour, I actually meant BAME. I stopped using mm. BAME. Uh, yeah, yeah. I feel less enraged by people of colour. Um, yeah. But I also think that white people don't say people of colour. I think white people say BAME. Mm. I think mm. it's more... They think it's safer. Yeah. I think it's more that people of colour, <laughs> ironically, say people of colour, like, mm. you know... Um, and so, yeah, BAME for me is an absolute no. Um, and, yeah. Because just... even in BAME, it's minority ethnic. Yeah. The ME is minority ethnic. Like, I just think that, like, when we're talking about black people, let's talk about black people. And when we're talking mm-hmm. about, you know, Asian people, let's talk about Asian people. And when we're talking about South America, like, we don't, you don't need to do that. Like, more often, you're talking about someone specific or a group of specific people um and -hmm. again then maybe if you don't want to say but i'm absolutely fine saying black and brown um Mm. and that's actually a new thing to me because it's really weird when i when i lived in i was gonna say america what you know when you just lie by accident like (laughs) i was like when when hon i must have missed that in your past life or when i lived in birmingham Again, I right. <laughs> no, no, no. Let's talk about like Birmingham, Alabama. Like, what, what was the confusion there? I literally don't know whatsoever. I'm so sorry for the lies. Um, when I lived in Birmingham, um, two girls that I was really, really close with um, were Asian. So one, she was Indian, and the other was Pakistani. Um, and 
the Pakistani girl always used to say to us like, oh, like we're the brownies. Like that was our thing. Like that was our group chat. Mm. Like the brownies, we're the brown girls. And it was so weird because in London, I've never had that um, um, like togetherness. Like I've never felt that with Asian girls mm. at all at school. Like I just, in like say at school, I just very much felt like it was like the white girls, the Asian girls and the black girls. There was no solidarity is the word I'm thinking of between black and Asian yeah. girls at school. That was not a thing. Um, so going to like being in Birmingham and it being very much as like yeah brownies like black and Asian I was like oh are we like we together like you see the solidarity so I think now when people say black and brown it kind of reminds me of that because I think oh okay that that's when I feel the solidarity and I don't really think about the anti-blackness side of things but I, mm-hmm. I don't know it's almost like when I think about the terms like BAME I feel like it's like almost like the white people pitting us against each other and it's like yeah. I don't know it just gives me different feels mm. and do you know yeah I think with black and brown um, the solidarity is something that actually used to be a lot more prevalent in the UK than it is now mm-hmm. so up until maybe about the 80s in a lot of um public service roles anyone who wasn't white was black because it was political blackness but it wasn't called political blackness you were just black so for example um i had to have a really awkward conversation with one of the um like asian mixed race staff at my workplace because she wanted to join the black group right and she wasn't black but she was like as a social worker I was trained in the time where in the... I think it was, like, socialism or something. Uh Or, like, I think there was, like, a new... It was, like, a labour... Something left... left Like, leaning. Um, And it was the idea that if you are not white, you are black. So, naturally, she would ask to join this black group. And I was like, Mm. oh, actually, like, it's for people of African and Caribbean heritage. Yeah. Like, but I understand where you're coming from. And it's a really interesting thing that we need to highlight in our terms of reference. So... I think there used to be more of that solidarity Mm. and I wonder where it's gone. I don't know if it's because like in that time where people were saying that everyone was black, it was when there was no blacks, no dogs, no Irish. There was kind of that Indian migration, Caribbean migration. We were all kind of going through it together. But since the almost like second, third and fourth waves of immigrants, we've all kind of scattered essentially. So there's less solidarity because we're all living different lives and we don't see a thread between all of us yeah i also think there's an element of like divide and conquer and i think like Mm. it is kind of you know it's become the competition of like who can be the best immigrant in england you know what i mean who who's who's at the top who's doing the best like who's Mm. who's left their family abroad come to england and making making the most um out of their lives and so i think that um where maybe um you know the powers that be have given opportunity to certain ethnic groups um and not to others it is meant that they have separated themselves from this solidarity of we're all together like none of us are really from like england now we're here Mm. we kind of realize this isn't the promised land um but Mm. let's just do what we can to more like oh no i'm to do and leave yeah to now like oh no no I'm here and I think you know a perfect Mm. example is look at Pretty Patel Pretty Patel thinks that you know all her ancestors are are, are, you know I don't know from Sussex or West Sussex or something like she she thinks she's really from England (laughs) I literally think that she 
thinks that she's a bit of a like, um, oh, what do you call it? She thinks she's an anomaly. Like she literally thinks that she came out of her brown mum's vagina and that they painted her brown as a joke. She thinks she's being bloody like, um, what is that show? The word is, you know, when the cameras, they would record you and they would come out and be like, you've been punked. Yeah, yeah. She thinks she's been fucking punked. She thinks she's living the life of a brown woman in the UK as a punk show. I am she thinks she's living the bloody Truman the show Truman and it's a bloody show. joke. She's actually a white woman, Not but the they Patel painted her show. brown. I am literally screaming. Yeah. Because the commitment to her act is just extraordinary. It's crazy. It's so it crazy. and horrifying. This is what I, like, kind of what we said earlier. Like, it's, it's about some people choose assimilation. Some people mm. are so willing to lose their identity to be accepted by the white majority because it's been drummed into them that they're an ethnic minority so much that they just want to be you know English or British they they want to feel that right to be here and obviously we all want to feel like we belong but I'll be damned (laughs) yeah you know if I start letting things slide because I want to fit in with with the white majority of England go and fuck yourself like that's literally no like my identity is something that's so important to me and um you know, it, obviously sometimes it's hard being so rooted in your blackness, living in the white man's world. Like, you know, it's hard. But at the end of the day... we're misunderstood. I mean, a lot yeah. of the things that we do are perceived to be aggressive, inappropriate, yeah. unprofessional, um, uncalled for. Like, there's so many things, so many ways that we as black people are just misunderstood. Yeah, yeah. And, and we're seen as, because of that misunderstanding, we're seen to be a threat. So we're treated like we're a threat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a lot of people don't want to be seen to be a threat so they just strip away all of that blackness yeah and they're like look look i like sea bass and i like steak don't worry like i'm not gonna season it either it's fine like (laughs) it's fine i'm not a threat like i won't bring spicy food to work i'll bring yogurt to the do you know what i mean it's fine like but i'll eat my jollof rice in the car it's fine it's fine. They won't even eat jollof rice anymore. Some of these people are far gone. Bro. They're not even eating jollof rice anymore. And that makes me so sad because, like, mm. this is who we are. Like, and, you know, there's always things that maybe we're going to shake off because actually, like, right, maybe let's actually leave that at home. And, you know, mm. that's fine. But not your whole identity. That, we, that we're, that's too far gone. Um, mm. Yeah. And, and mm. I, I, I hope equally, like, um, that's something that our the, the the future generations never really have to do. They never have to strip their identity because, like you said, there's more of a common understanding of where we're all from, why our identities are important, and how they can shape and belong and fit into British society. Like, there's a reason we say British society and not English. And I know um, there was a really good video by um, the Black Card Talks that I saw... Um, in the week and they were talking about national identity and like what like following from David Lemming's um interview like people saying British and not English um mm. and I feel like there needs to be the reason why we say British is because there's you know an idea that there is a dual identity and that you yeah. can be black or brown and born in England and living in England and kind of the discomfort that we feel towards being called English or saying we're English. Um, but I think, yeah, there just needs to be a greater understanding and then we can proudly say, like, yeah, I'm black British and this is how much of my blackness still exists with me living in Britain. Um, mm. 
And yeah. I think we're definitely getting there. I think there are some parts of our culture, and I'm sure Drake would be able to tell us so much because <laughs> he really has a great understanding of that. Um, there is, there's a lot about our culture that is very uniquely black British. Yeah. Like, I think even when you think of, like, Morley's, Dixie's for the East Londoners, chicken and <laughs> chips, like, that is a very, very black London Bagel thing. king, yeah. Yeah, like, even if we think about that, obviously chicken and chips exist across the world, but the chicken and chips culture yeah. that exists in a lot of, like, uh, metropolitan cities Six in hot the wings UK, and chips and that, like... Right. Getting Miranda. Man, nice me, boss man. Right. Right. Yeah, Not yeah, Miranda. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Miranda. Right. Let's... <laughs> I'm glad that you changed your ways because we've had this conversation before and I thought, is she going to embarrass herself on the big, big World Wide Web? I said it with chest, you know. When he said not Miranda, I thought, fuck, right, right, there's been an issue. I was like... To evaluate, back to the drone board. Embarrassing. Um, But, do you know, just thinking about, like, the last year, Mm -hmm. what is one thing that surprised you about people's responses to the Black Lives Matter movement, for better or for worse? Ooh surprised me um um surprised me was how many um non-black people protested mm-hmm. um that surprised Some of them me people were shouting louder than us you know bro bro, bro. There was, sometimes i would turn around and it was one five foot three woman <laughs> who was just black lives matter and i'm like <laughs> Hermione, you're really getting it, sis. Yeah, that surprised me. How she's ma- the type of person to cut off her family members, bro. For the cause. Yes, yeah, bro. and that's what I yeah. mean. Like, white people that went to protest and meant it. They weren't yeah, doing yeah, yeah. it for the clout, for the Instagram. They actually meant Black Lives Matter, and I mean this in my heart. That was mm-hmm. really surprising. Um, mm. And then maybe something negative that was surprising um you know what people don't surprise me in situations like this i can't be surprised mm. it, it doesn't like doesn't shock me doesn't surprise me like even i know colleagues from my old workplace were saying that like you know they didn't even mention anything in like the school email and stuff to the parents about when george floyd passed away like education's still just not i don't know actually educating children um about mm. these things not surprising at all um the disappointing themselves bro bro you cannot hold them back honestly amazing yeah. they're amazing they've got the internet and they're using it right you know how when we say to people like I, there's been so many work presentations i've given about blackness or black culture and racism and i've been like google is your friend if if something goes into you and say why is that colleague eating a warm banana go and <laughs> google it and you'll realize it's planting the, the youth have armed themselves with the internet and they have the information and they're using it yeah. you who's had the internet since you've been 11 you don't know how to google what bro. a hot banana could mean bro. fucking idiot asking oh is that a banana <laughs> shut up <laughs> Do you know how many times I've wanted to bring plant into work and I can't because I just know I'm going to get the banana questions. Oh, God. Do you know what it is? I'm going to ask you the same question you'll ask me in a second. So have a think Mm. of your answer. But do you know what? There's one thing I hate, yeah? And it's like white women's curiosity because white white men generally don't really give a fuck right they wouldn't yeah. really like they're not really asking us any questions right yeah but it's the white women's curiosity like like have a moment and if you've ever done this in your life right and you're a white woman listening because you know like we're here to teach you as well we, mm, we love maybe you guys just rewind as well. 15 seconds yeah. get comfortable and yeah. go through the exercise with olivia like just just ask yourself why do you need to know whether my hair is real 
Like, like, mm-hmm. just have a... Why do you need to know that? Why do you feel so vindicated to know that? And then, like, why do you need to know how I done it? And how mm-hmm. long it took? And whether it hurt? And how long is my real hair underneath? If I now tell you that I'm fucking bald under these faux logs, is that... Do you want to treat me differently? What, what does that matter to you? Why do you feel like you need to know that? And these are the... Mm-hmm. Again, this is privilege. These are the questions that, like, we need to, fu- like, ask ourselves. Why do you feel entitled to know that piece of information? Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Why do you need to ask... Oh, smells lovely. What's that? Do you want it? Because I'm not mm-hmm. going to fucking give it to you because it's my lunch. Because I made it for me. It's yeah, I made lunch. it for me. It's one portion. It's even 1.3 mm-hmm. portion. And the point three is for me because I know it's tasty and the pot... I'm not at home, so I can't just dig back into the pot. So I put point three extra portion in this Tupperware. But why do mm-hmm. you need to know? You're never going to go to Tootin Market and get the food from there. So why are you asking yeah. me? So I it's just... So that's what I want to know. Why do you feel so vindicated and entitled? to know this information and I say it's entitlement I'm just gonna go off for a second and I'll come back and then go to your question but there's um uh uh um disabled influencer who I um ended up on her page the other day and she has um an invisible disability but she doesn't say what it is on her Instagram right Mm -hmm. and she Mm -hmm. has done posts saying like why do you feel you need to know what my disability is if I, all I need you to do is make sure, all, I'm, all I need to tell you is that I have an invisible, invisible disability. These are my access arrangements. Please fucking accommodate to them. But yeah. you don't need to know what it is. You just need to meet my access arrangements and then everyone's happy. And mm-hmm. it, it made me think, yeah, fuck. And then I thought, yeah, that's really a thing. Like if someone said like, oh, we've got like mental health issues, you might be like, oh, what is it? Why do you need to know? If yeah. I tell you that around this time is probably not a good time to talk to me. And if I start doing this, this probably means I need space. And I explain that to you. Why do you need to know what my diagnosis is? What, mm-hmm. Like, why do you feel entitled to that information? You don't, mm-hmm. but it's just it's just the feeling that you need to know. You don't need to know. And so with white women, again, if you just, you know, rewind about two minutes now, I just want you to, like, play that exercise and, you know, discuss that with your friends. Why do you feel entitled to know this information? And it's very different to you having a discussion with your friend. So if you've got a black friend, you don't now need to think, fuck, was I really wrong for asking? No, because yeah. your black friend might say to you, oh, shit, you dyed your hair. Did you bleach it? How long did that take? That's, mm. that's questions that you're interested in. Can I touch it? Yeah. <laughs> is, it, is it rough because you bleached it? That, do you know what I mean? That, within friendship groups, there's safe conversation. And, you know, like, my best friend is white and she's fucking taken out the tracks in my hair before, yeah? It's a safe space. Yes. So if Dara was ever <laughs> going to ask any questions, I'm not thinking, mm-hmm. hey, excuse me, Dara. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because it's a safe space. And I would also yeah. ask her about her hair and be like, what, really? You only have to wash it X amount of times a week? It's a safe space. Mm-hmm. But if you're, if you're talking to your work friend, I don't need to say to my work friend, gosh, your hair's looking greasy. Did you put dry shampoo in? <laughs> Get fucked. <laughs> Like, get fucked. <laughs> it's so intrusive. Like, I'm not asking you intrusive. how long is the hair under your armpit. So why the fuck are you asking me <laughs> how long the hair under my faux locks are? It's none of your business the same way. Like, it's... Li- and it's, it's not so even... that it's, it's hidden or it's a secret. It's just... If it's not on show, then why are you asking? But I also... The question I also... I also want to know about the hair. It's like, why... Why are you measuring my worth by how long my hair is? Oh, speak like, on it! <laughs> Like, okay. why is it that, like, okay, I've got faux locks and, oh, yeah, but how long's your hair underneath? 
why does that why does it matter oh, like, is it, just... are you gonna ask me for what products helped me because you want the, you want to try them is it the growth serum you'd like like is it is it the peppermint oil like Bro. why why does my worth depend Bro. on how long my hair is for you to say Bro. oh that's really long is it because you think black girls have no hair it's the eurocentric beauty standards for me it's the fact that our hair does not grow downwards for me so you will never really know how long my hair is for me Bro, bro, it's the fact that now I don't know. Maybe you know you don't you don't see the value in my beauty anymore because I have short nappy hair. Is that is that like mm. is is that what you're thinking? Is that what the conversation when is? When straightened it? How long is uh, it? I don't straighten my hair. I don't Do you want to ask me if it's healthy? Like, Do you want to ask me what my um my my spring back game is? Right, 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 right. Not but me having it... locks so long that I can't remember the shrinkage. There we right. go. And she was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> but do you know what I mean? You want to say, if you did straighten it, how long would it be? Yeah, it's about two inches. Don't now get it. fucked. Get mm-hmm. fucked. Don't want to straighten it because it actually really damages my hair. Yeah. 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 But you're, you want to know so much because you want to value me more. And oh, so why don't you wear your hair around then if it's so right. long? Because you're going to ask to touch it. Bro, bro. <laughs> I'd want to wear it out because it's fucking short, but actually the Eurocentric beauty standard told me that I won't be pretty with my short hair because it's 4C, because of you. So now I'm having to work through it. Right. Goodness gracious me. Do you know what is so funny as well? Like, it's quite unfortunate, but I find it quite funny, is when people of colour, like, feel like they have to explain themselves before they get asked a question. Yeah, 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 I'll yeah. give you an example. The other day, I had a meeting with my Bangladeshi colleague. Uh-huh. She is actually my G. Like, uh-huh. so she joined the call. It was like her last meeting day. She was like, oh, just an FYI, I don't have my hijab on. I couldn't mm-hmm. be able to find one. I hope you're okay with that. I was like, sis. <laughs> Okay. Be free, honey. And Be you. was the crazy thing. Even if I noticed you shouldn't have a hijab on, I never would have said you anything. We would have never said it. We would have because never said it. Because it's not glued it. to your head. No. It's your decision whether you want to wear it to meetings or not. Like, but then I was just thinking, I can only imagine that if she's ever had meetings with, like, her white colleagues that she feels yeah. less comfortable yeah. around, how many questions that she may have gotten yeah. about, oh, so do you wear it often? Okay, so do you sleep in it? Oh, yeah. do you wash your hair with it on? <laughs> Google. Google. It's not a swimming cap. Google. Well, it's not. Google. It's literally not a swimming cap. Like, nah. Uh, it makes yeah. me so mad, and it's not even my struggle to bear because I don't. I'm not a hijabi, but yeah. the fact that she felt that she had to explain herself, to give me, a little and disclaimer, it only took a couple of seconds. But I was like, sis, you don't have to. Don't have yeah. to be doing none of that. Right, this is a safe ethnic yeah. space here. Right, right. <laughs> we are culturally competent over yeah. here, honey. Like word. Nah, man. Word. Yeah. yeah. Oh, but yeah, I mean... Oh, oh to answer your question about oh, what, what surprised yeah, sorry. me... Um, I think what surprised me was the, the loopholes that people jump through mm-hmm. um, to make it seem like black people are chatting shit and that we're making it up. That's, right. what, that's <laughs> what really surprised me. Right. Um, it was the idea, like, why are you only saying this now? Um, Can you imagine? Why is it only important now? I don't know. We've um, only been living in, I don't know, 500 years of oppression. So I just finally, um, I finally felt comfortable to say it. Sorry that I didn't say it earlier. I don't know if that would have made a difference, but sorry. So yeah. Was... <laughs> yeah. And on that same vein, I think another thing that negatively um, surprised me was the expectant nature that a lot of like companies um workplaces have now when because we haven't been listening to you for 500 years or so um now when we ask you to speak you better speak and speak well open your mouth you better be ready to speak bro, now bro 
And that surprised me because I thought, if anything, you're going to take this time and you're going to, you know, get it right. You're, you're going to let me have time to process the fact that I'm seeing people who look like me die on a daily basis. Yeah. Just on social media. But you're coming to me asking for me for my thoughts and reflections. I haven't even processed my reflections Bro. yet. It's only been through in six, five days. Bro. We've been oppressed for 400 years, but you want me to process in 365 days? Like, I'm still actively thinking about it as if it happened yesterday and We're I know still it happened a year know. ago. Like, nothing's it's not changed. Oppression society. Bro, that's no, but that's what they think. That's what they think. Because I'm asking you the question, oh, now you, you're healed now, innit? Ooh. So let's just answer these questions for me. We're not going to pay you, though. Bro. We're not going to pay you, but we just need you to answer these questions for our external So statement. that we know, because we really need to know. So you, we need you, you to really tell us. You need to listen and learn. Like... I just, I, so bad need to listen and learn. I just need to listen and learn. Please help me listen and learn. Give me your black paper so I can listen and learn. <sighs> Gosh, I'm Woo! getting hot. Bro. But this shows, though, this conversation a year after the summer we had Mm -hmm. and the murder of George Floyd shows how much further we have to go. Even as two black women who are relatively competent when it Mm -hmm. comes to speaking about race, Mm -hmm. relatively confident to do so, we still struggle to really get our heads around, like, what society is, like, going through and what progress needs to look like. Yeah, And the fact that a lot of black people are meant to have solutions ready to go... Like, it's a tall order. Yeah. Because we're still processing that trauma. Yeah, yeah. And I think as well, it kind of reminds me what we were saying um, to Zainab last week um, in the episode about PCOS, in that, like, mm. just because you're experiencing something, you don't automatically become an expert. And, exactly. like... I'm just we've, black out here. We, bro, I'm literally just black. Like, <laughs> I mm. just happen to be born into this oppression. Like, it doesn't mean I automatically know the answers and everything. I'm still living it. So, actually, I don't know. Maybe you, who's fucking oppressing me, maybe you can give me the answers. I'm not sure, though. Mm. <laughs> maybe you know what you need to stop doing. I'm not sure, though. It's kind of like, I don't know, maybe if I was laying on the floor and I was kicking in my head and I was crying and they were like, fuck, what can we do to make her stop crying? What should we do? But they're still kicking me in my fucking head. Instead of them thinking, what? Do you think we should stop kicking her in the head and see if she stops crying? Like, are you j- like what? That's like, such a good like, point. Like, when a baby cries, you do everything to work out what can be done to go to the baby cry. The baby can't speak because they're a baby, right? Mm-hmm. So you don't say, "Baby, what is it?" You might shout out of like frustration, <laughs> frustration, but you don't really expect the baby to do. But you do everything. You change them. You feed them. You rock them. You play music. You do everything to make the baby stop crying until they stop crying because you want the best for the baby. But maybe mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm just gonna say it. Maybe white people don't want the best for us. Maybe that's why they're not trying all the solutions that they need to it's inconvenience it goes against everything that they've ever been taught they've been taught that they can be curious they can do whatever they want to be they can ask whatever questions they can literally like move in the world as if they own it because essentially that's where the power is so for, for them to have to question any of that to allow other people who are who they've been taught are in us inferior mm-hmm. to to progress mm-hmm. why am i gonna why am i gonna lose that premium parking spot at the front of the driving cinema even though i i'm in a double decker bus and right. no one behind me can see me <laughs> why am i gonna lose my space at the front because then i'm gonna be on the third row Ooh. i'll still be able to see yeah but there'll be people in front of me why would yeah. i want that and i want to be at the front i so... want to be at the front i got here first <laughs> like I got I got my ticket first. Right. These people so, had to wait longer, so I'm right. at the front. <laughs> <sighs> Woo! 
Do you know what? I think we'll come we'll come back to this topic as well because I know we wanted to speak about the documentaries and I think oh yeah, <laughs> it's it's such a big topic. Race is such a big topic, and like I said, I think the fact that people who haven't experienced anti-black racism feel like as black people we can have an answer to give them in a nice neat corporate package in a yeah, year yeah. is very unrealistic yeah, so i think wild. in that vein we'll take this this episode has been great to reflect on how far we've come mm-hmm. especially because when we started the podcast it was like in the middle of the black lives matter yeah. protests and everything how far we've come how we feel but i think we also need to take some time to think about what comes next and also thinking about other people's voices as well because obviously mm-hmm. the documentaries we watched cover a kind of range of different topics so we can definitely talk about that in yeah. the next couple of weeks yeah i actually forgot that <laughs> that that we got so passionate guys that you know mm. the memo just kind of you know what i mean yeah you, you mm. know what i mean you know what i mean um but yeah just before we do the affirmation cards and stuff i just wanted to say like you know again and i you know i'm not really going to give the disclaimer because i know that mm. all our all our listeners, you lot are smart. The, have you know, sense. you have sense. You're smart, and you know that white privilege and white supremacy and racism exists, right? Mm. And I'm just saying this, like you know, in a bolder voice, because I know that you know, DJ and Liv from the Rebamper would never have to give a disclaimer because never. you guys know. Because the people that listen to our podcast, you know, mm-hmm. they 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 don't cry white tears. You know, mm-hmm. and white fragility doesn't exist within our listeners, does it? No. Not at all. So, does so, it, listeners? No. <laughs> it. Does it? Does it? Fantastic. Okay, yeah. So, you okay. know, we would, we would never have to give a disclaimer to say, you know, this is not about not all, all white, white people. people. And, you know, we'd never have to give a disclaimer to say, like, please don't be offended. And we hope that you didn't get upset. And, you know, like, we would never have to do that, of course, because that's not mm. the kind of listeners that we have. So I'm glad that I don't have to give that disclaimer because mm. everyone's all right. Yeah, I mean, you're right. Everyone's Every- all right. Everyone's all right. Right. No, it's true. Everyone's all right. All of yeah. our listeners are all right. Yeah. We don't have to do no disclaimers. That's yeah. love that. I love, love it that here. Non disclaimer disclaimer. Right. Right. Loved Thank it. You. Love what you did there. Love Thank you, you so did. much. Um, love what you did. Yeah. Um, affirmations. So affirmations. So I'm trash, and um, <laughs> I've actually forgotten my affirmations. But you know <gasps> we freestyle in this place. Um, and actually, I'm gonna um, give an affirmation or a series of affirmations from an Instagram page called Vibes of a Black Girl, and Cheers. it is such an empowering um um instagram page i just think it's i think it's absolutely beautiful um and i'm actually gonna do the ones that a black girl affirmation start your month right but you don't have to be a black girl to listen to this okay (laughs) this will apply to you um my heart is open to receiving new blessings i deserve all the good things that come my way there is no limit to my dreams and i'm right on time and i choose to focus on love joy and peace Oh, and just one for the black girls, just specifically. My black beauty is unmatched. Jeez! Um, And yeah, I think especially now as we go into June, um, we we kind of, you know, reflect on the last year. We go into a year since, you know, the Black Lives Matter protests. It's going to be heavy. I'm just Mm going to put this game right there. I feel like it's going to be heavy. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a lot of documentaries, a lot of statements, a lot of, you know... Um, companies reflecting on the past year and basically patting themselves on the back for doing the bare minimum. But we have to... (laughs) focus on ourselves and that joy and that love and if in doubt just think about what makes you happy as a black person or a person of color just give yourself that joy yeah um yeah 
But I know you're going to go a bit more traditional with your <laughs> yeah. Card, so I'll let you go there, darling. Um. So my first one is getting it out. It says, I value myself and the things I have to say, even if all I have in me is a few words, even if they're spoken in a whisper, even if they're written on a dirty napkin and hidden in the bottom of my junk drawer. I'm still going to get those thoughts out of me and notice that the universe, or at least draw bottom, is a more interesting place because of me. Word up, or I guess down, on paper. Um. Yeah. I love that and I've got another one which um, this is a new one it's permission and the picture is literally so cute (laughs) Um, and it says I give myself permission to live my best biggest dreamiest dream life I deserve to make money sorry Let me start again because this Let's is a word. Again. Pull it right, up. right. I give myself permission to live my best, biggest, dreamiest dream life. I deserve to make money doing what I love. Amen. I'm able to create without suffering. Amen. I can be one of those people who live inside a Pinterest board. After all, it'd be a shame to make my best life just sit there unlived, waiting for me to show up. And someone's got to water those upcycled wine crates full of succulents. Yeah. Period. Um, I love a succulent as well. I Pick love succulents, man. So I, low maintenance, so beautiful. Is that a is that a, is that a plant? Yeah, it's like okay, a plant. You know, like the one Aisha got me for my birthday. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Succulent. Um, that's a money plant, but money plant is a type of succulent. Where the money was, where the money was. So yeah, that's that's gorgeous. Oh, also, just sorry, another just final, final, yeah. Mm. Um, black people do not feel obliged to engage in the one year on since the murder of George Floyd. You Mm -hmm. do not owe anyone a think piece on Instagram, a story, a repost, a reflection. Even if you want to think, I don't even want to think about this day, that's fine too. Do not let people feel like you have to show up and openly grieve or respond in a way that they expect you to respond because you're black. You don't have to do that. You do the self-care that you need to do and that's on period okay yeah thank you yeah absolutely couldn't agree more um this has been gorgy it has oh. been gorgy it has been love gorgy. us um and also thank you for our listeners for being all right you know not all left <laughs> we love that you're all right and that we don't have to give the same as two and cute um <laughs> Where can they find us on the internet, Livy Lou? You can find us on Beyonce's internet on um, Twitter, <laughs> Instagram and Facebook at The Rebound Pod. You can also hashtag The Rebound Pod to continue the conversation. You can find DJ at Kudija underscore Rose and me at Olivia Pelita. If you are one of our beautiful, gorgeous, wonderful, Fantastic. amazing, all right Glowing. and not all left um, <laughs> Apple podcast listeners, um, then please do leave us a five star rating and review because we love to see them and it makes us know that we're doing the damn thing. Um, follow us on Spotify and Amazon Music so that on a Thursday, it's right at the top of your, you know, latest updated today. Um <laughs> and yeah just thank you for always getting it thank you for always listening we're almost at a year which is crazy um and you lot have just continued to support us and we literally love it so much we would just want gel off so that we know that you you definitely love us that the love is real yeah so just we're just going to leave you with that yeah um thank you so much for your support this week and always um really big thanks in advance for whoever's going to bring us a jollof um (laughs) we'll give you a special shout out on that episode um but yeah (laughs) otherwise we will catch you in the next one Bye. bye